Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hello, Adam. Hi, Lori. We're back at it this morning. We are. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It was my birthday this weekend. I turned 39. Oh, that's Uh, so great. I feel like my last year before 40, um, I'm I'm taking suggestions for what my midlife crisis is going to (laughs) be. I've decided I'm going to have one. I've decided I'm just going to plan it. A convertible. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I feel like I have to choose from, you know. (laughs) <laughs> sports car, uh, dressing much younger than I actually should. You need to get an um, earring. An earring. A tat. A tattoo. Oh, come on. Something like that. I can um, totally see you with a tat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not going to leave my wife or anything or run That's off with good. anybody That's younger. Good. So, Yay. Um, so I need I need a safe midlife, midlife <laughs> crisis, one that preferably doesn't bankrupt me. I thought about a boat. Oh, a boat. Uh, a boat. Is that a, is yeah. that a midlife crisis, getting a boat? I, think, I don't know. That's kind of a family thing to do, too. Yeah. You, know? you can be out yeah. on the lake with the kids and teach them to water ski and yeah. all that. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Did you Did you or your husband feel like you had a Did we? Ha- oh, crisis? my gosh. We had several midlife <laughs> crises. Are you kidding? <laughs> so I'd have to go sit on the couch <laughs> to tell you all about those. <laughs> Those are fun. Yeah, yeah what are we, definitely. W- this morning we are talking about attachment, right? Attachment and, and sex. the importance of secure attachment. Right. Right. Uh, right. For those that don't know, what are we talking about when we talk about attachment? What okay, is that so, idea? So this is kind of for our, our listeners who are aware of the multiple theories out there about what 
creates hot sex. And that's what we're all about at Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy is how can you have hotter sex. And I think today we're kind of thinking about a more intellectual ideas about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we give hot tips and, and all that, but but we want to give you a framework for it. And there's several people in the world, really, at this point, who are espousing theories about how to have hot sex. I mean, you can read any Cosmo Glamour men's health and get some really hot tips about it. And and I even write for some of those. And some of them are really great. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of a deeper understanding of what creates long-lasting hot sex, that's that's what I'd like to talk about today. Yeah, because this is what's about what's going on on the inside. This is kind of behind the curtain. Yeah, right? this a little is, bit deeper. Right, this is behind the vibrators. <laughs> behind and, uh, the vibrator. You know. <laughs> that's, that's the title of your next book right there. <laughs> behind, behind the, the vibrator. vibrator. That is so great. Adam, copyright. I love that. Copyright. That's our next book. <laughs> the behind next the book, vibrator. Behind the vibrator. I love I that. All right. I, all love, right. I love, love that. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do that. Behind but, the vibrator. Attachment, essentially, though, is talking about from childhood, right, right, where you attach to an adult figure, preferably your parents, Yes. right, and that re- that relationship is, the quality of that relationship really dictates how attached you are, whether you're securely attached, insecurely attached, anxiously attached, right, right? and that's that's essentially where we're talking about attachment. A- and that, that primary attachment actually, you know, forms, gives us the basis for forming other relationships the rest of our lives. Right. And and I think that in marriage or in committed partnership, secure attachment really is the basis for hot sex. And mm. there's a couple people out there in the world, uh, Esther Perel, who talks about that, you know, fire needs air, right? Mm. That she says it's not closeness that brings hot sex. Closeness brings coziness and familiarity mm. and... And a sense of, and that that smothers sex. Yeah, that's that's um, wearing your sweats to bed type of stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like losing all kind of sense of being independent from each other, right? Right. But attachment theory is not just about closeness. It's about feeling safe, feeling like we can be intimate, that we can be vulnerable, as well as being able to tolerate space and distance from our partner. So mm-hmm. when our partner says, no, I don't want to have sex, it doesn't trigger this proximity-seeking behavior where we're like, no, 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 I got to, I got to, and you, you got to have sex with me. And, and I, I mean, literally for some people who are insecurely attached, when their partner says no to sex, they feel like th- this is imminent detachment. I mean, we're not conscious of this, right? right. I mean, nobody is going around thinking, my partner said no and they're going to leave me. I mean, that that's just, <laughs> or, or basically, yeah. you know, basically... I'm talking about daily interactions over sex. Mm. But if you are insecurely attached, there is something that gets triggered inside, whether it, and and many people who are insecurely attached use sex as a way to confirm the presence of the other. I am am so close to you, I am inside you, or you are inside me, and this means that I'm not alone, right? Mm. It it defeats existential aloneness. Yeah, so when it, when it, insecurely attached person is triggered by something their Mm -hmm. partner says, something their partner does, a rejection around sex, right? They feel like on some level, they feel like the relationship is the security and safety of the relationship is threatened. That's right. right? Exactly. And and I think there's two strategies in insecurity. One is this anxiously attached where they, 
they worry, they measure, like every little nuance of their partner sort of gets fed through this database in their brain that says, okay, my partner is acting distracted, my partner isn't having an orgasm, my partner mm -hmm. isn't responding very well. And, and in their little mind's computer, what gets spit out is they're, they're far from me. They're away from me. I'm not attached to them. And it increases a cycle of anxiety in them, mm -hmm. which, of course, you know, markedly impacts sex. So what, what is some but of your... I want to talk about the other side, too. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. It, the other side of it is an avoidantly attached strategy. So that means, basically, I, I've learned since childhood that to care deeply is to be very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so they... They turn away. Oftentimes, anxiously attached people think about the sexual experience more in terms of a qualitative experience about the flesh on flesh. So they're saying, you know, they're, they're looking at, is the sex hot? Did I have a really big orgasm? What happened there? And they ignore the emotional component of the sex act. You know, they focus just on the physicality, whereas the anxiously attached person ignores the hotness of the sex and focuses more on was their connection. Mm -hmm. So so both of these strategies limit what we can get out of sex. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. Could you give us some uh, practical thoughts around those, the, the anxiously attached and the insecurely attached? Like, what are some of your, when you think about, like, behaviors that they do, like, take the insecurely attached what kind of behaviors are they going to be exhibiting? How, like, how would I know that I'm, I'm displaying some? Okay, uh, okay, I'm dividing them. Anxiously attached yeah. is what I've often said is the sexual pursuer. Yeah. And avoidantly attached is what I've often said is the sexual distancer. Hmm. Okay, so let's, let's do a really extreme example of an anxiously attached person. Let's say he's male and he wants to have sex three times a day. Hmm. But what he doesn't feel at the end of any of those encounters is a deep sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I know there's listeners out there at, you know, who, who are going to argue with me and say, no, it's just horny, I just, I just want it, I just want it. And that's true, but, but when we allow both aspects of sex to touch us, which mm -hmm. is the, the hot part you know, that satisfies our bodies and the connected part, which satisfies essentially our soul and and draws us to our partner, both parts of those, we, we actually are satisfied. Mm -hmm. But with the person who says, no, let's say the guy who says, you know, I got to have it three times a day. And, and then there is something probably unconsciously that's happening that says, I don't feel connected to you. I don't feel safe in the world. I don't feel safe with you, my partner. And then they start getting angry when their demands flood their partner mm -hmm. and it's too much. They, they see it's an interactive system, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing we do doesn't impact our partner. Right. I mean, so there's, there's our own personal feelings of anxiety or avoidance and strategies that we personally use to manage our fears of mm -hmm. connection and our fears of both being too connected and our fears of not being connected enough. But there's also something that when we act in a certain way, we impact our partner who is triggered and mm -hmm. we're usually married or committed to somebody who who kind of is our opposite yeah and and we get into this really vicious cycle right the person pattern, who yeah. 
you know, who wants the sex three times a week, then starts demanding the sex three times a week mm -hmm. and gets angry, you know, but, but this is rooted, really, that kind of stuff is rooted in an insecure strategy because they're not necessarily paying attention to the qualitative mm -hmm. aspect of sex, the way their partner is responding and, and feeling about them. They're, mm -hmm. they're just, you know, they're, they're starting to hammer away on the, the hotness part of sex and mm -hmm. ignoring, you know, the nuance of, does my partner enjoy this? Does yeah. my partner also feel that same sort of hunger? Does, does yeah, that so the anxiously attached person is going to be more demanding of sex, more pursuing of sex, more verbally frustrated sometimes when they don't get what they want not maybe not responding emotionally um yeah. as, as well as their other partner uh, as their partner would want them and, to be and they're and they're like they have like a franticness on the inside right mm -hmm. so so if their partner you know is not quite up for the mood but says well oh, okay let's do it like that injures them mm -hmm. you know it and where it injures them is in an attachment place yeah. not not just a sexual place but in an attachment area of their heart if you will that says, okay, I am afraid that you are not as connected to me. Like, you know, one of the most beautiful moments, I think, in sex is is when we're in sync. Mm -hmm. You know, when we say to our partner, hey, you want to have sex? And they're like, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's an in sync moment, which is mm -hmm. so reassuring. But uh, anxiously attached people wait to see if that's going to happen. And if it doesn't, they interpret it. And they misinterpret it mm -hmm. in terms of, are they safe? Are they secure? And so anyway, this, this anxious attachment or avoidant attachment style screws up sex basically. So let's take a break. Okay. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy and today we're, we're kind of giving you a background, something we want you to chew on, something that's deeper so you can understand dynamically what happens in sex. We'll be right back. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs 
look at the problem differently and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Hey, Adam, we're back. Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Today we're talking about attachment theory and how it applies to sex and and how we only slightly disagree with maybe two people that are out there, Esther Perel and David Schnarch, who is another sex therapist out there who, who kind of says that differentiation is the key to hot sex. And, mm-hmm. and what he means by differentiation is really the ability to tolerate both intimacy mm-hmm. and separation, which to me is attachment theory. I mean, yeah. he, he uses a theory called Bowen theory, but, but essentially what he's talking about, I think, when he says differentiation is that I see you, I mm-hmm. really see you as a separate being yeah. who has your own mind, who has your own desires, yeah. but that... But together in our commitment, we've decided to connect in a way that we're going to respect those differences, both of us in each other, and we're going to also tolerate closeness. I mean, it's funny because, right, people talk all the time about, I want to have closeness. I want to have hot sex. Mm. But in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, sometimes those things are hard to tolerate. Yeah. Well, and, and true differentiation, too, is about managing the balance between togetherness and separateness. Right, exactly. Right? And, and it, has to, it has to be in balance. And what we're talking about is that attachment really gives us a way to talk about a truly interdependent relationship. Yes. Right? Where yes. Not where we are codependent, not where we are complete strangers to each other, but where uh-huh. we each have separate identities, but we are secure in our relationship together. And before yeah. you were talking about, you talked about two different types of attachment. Mutually dependent. I Mutually dependent, yes. Because yeah. codependent um, has a different connotation in the world, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Before the break, you were talking about the anxiously attached yes. uh, member of the partner. But talk a little bit about the avoidant okay. attachment. The what, avoidant what, the attached person. What would that look like? And uh, how does that manifest itself in relationships? Okay, so we have two people. One is often critically demanding, and that's the anxiously attached person. And the other is defensively withdrawing. So an avoidantly attached person, like they, they want to disclose, they want to share about their inner world and their sexual desire, but their strategy says not safe. Hmm. So oftentimes, you know, one really perfect strategy, especially for females is to just shut down desire. You know, and, and hormonally, they're more able to do that than men are. And I think a strategy for an avoidant male is often to, you know, not necessarily shut down desire, but to move that desire into self-sufficiency with masturbation. Or This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Porn viewing. And, and so they, they move it all under their own control. They turn um, away from the relationship. Right. They turn away from their partner, exactly. And I think that um, the mistake from the anxiously attached person is to think about your avoidant partner as not having sexual desire or not wanting you. Mm. Um, but oftentimes we're, we're really talking about strategies that manage mutual anxiety. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the, the avoidantly attached person may say, you know, I, I really want hot sex, but when they have it with somebody that they love and care about, it it's terrifying. And I know that sounds crazy, when we say it, but the truth is, and I think we need to examine ourselves here, you mm. know, that getting what you want sometimes is terrifying. That, that closeness and openness can feel so like merger, especially mm. in the sexual moment. I mean, to lose yourself completely in a sexual moment, I, I say it's sort of like, I'm going to mark myself as very old here, but the Star Trek era, you know, when they had those, the machine, what is it that Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. In order to trust that you were going to be transported from one place to another, all your molecules had to be lost and mixed up, and you had to believe <laughs> that they would all come into the right place, you know, on the other planet. Lori, I did not know that you were a Trekkie. <laughs> you this did? Is, this is all I can think about right now is that you you are no, a Trekkie. I, I do. You're I a actually, Star Trek fan. I love, I love, oh, you know, I love some of the newer ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but the, the thing in sex is that our, all our molecules, our whole lost. kind of self-boundaries mm -hmm. in, in a really, truly intimate sexual moment dissolve, right? We, yeah. we lose track of place and time. And, and to do that is, and to surrender into that, is to be very, very vulnerable. Yeah. And I think avoidantly attached people, even if they're clamoring after a hot sex moment, they don't let themselves kind of dissolve into the other, which right. means I'm attuned, right? I'm yeah. attuned to your needs, your responsiveness. One person, so, you know, I, I write as well, and I write blogs. Go, go check me out on Psychology Today and WebMD. But some person on there was kind of saying, you know, that I, I'm talking about that to be responsive in a male-female dynamic means that you're always going to have to do it her way, which is slow and build her up and, you know, slow arousal and stuff. But I think that attunement can, can also, it can go both ways, right? I mean, people mm -hmm. in the moment can define what happens when they're deeply tuned. It can be hot, down and dirty, you know, right. you know, stop, drop and roll kind of sex. Right, when they're attuned and when they get each other. But I think that that... And when it's safe. When, the, when it's when, safe. When there's a safe, uh, safe environment for yeah. both people. Right, and I think... I, I was wondering when you were talking about how terrifying it can be for the avoidantly attached person. 
Yes. I'm wondering, does that even, can they have such terrifying, be so terrified that it manifests itself as low libido or low desire for sex because it keeps them, ultimately keeps them safe? The Absolutely. sexual encounter is so much more terrifying than not having a sex drive or wanting sex that yeah. it, it can get it can get masked as low libido or low desire. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's the wanting piece that makes us so vulnerable. And yeah. so just turning that off, you know, perfect. Because you're you're dependent I don't on somebody need you. you're de- yeah, you're dependent on somebody else to meet that if you want sex and you're avoidantly mm-hmm. attached, you're you're opening yourself up to a greater vulnerability because you are then dependent on somebody else to meet that need. Exactly. And that can be super terrifying as well. I think of like an avoidantly attached person that I know who also doesn't allow for physical affection. Mm-hmm. You know, sex is kind of off the table and so is physical affection. Like does she doesn't want to be touched. Really, she, mm-hmm. she the, the cool thing is, is she's not replicating that with her children. I mean, she mm-hmm. touches, hugs and loves on her kids. But personally with her partner, you know, she doesn't reach out for hugs. She doesn't really enjoy him touching her, she doesn't, she'll, she'll acquiesce and have sex, but it's, it's not high on her list. And this is a person who, you know, what I know about them is they had a really invasive parent. Mm -hmm. So this is how it goes back to childhood. The the parent read her mind a lot, told her what she needed, Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't allow her to kind of develop in terms of what her need really was. And there was a lack of physical affection in the home. Hmm. Well, see, the reality is we all desperately as children need physical affection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like foundational. It's like sunshine. I mean, yeah. we have to have physical affection in order to grow and and to become sort of normal in terms of our relationships, right? Yeah, I think that childhood piece is interesting because I think what a lot of people do is they look at their childhood, and we all normalize our childhood so much mm-hmm. so, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. we, that we say, yeah. well, there wasn't this big, I mean, abuse is uh, in childhood, particularly from our caregivers, is is almost surefire gonna lead to an insecure attachment. Absolutely, right? it will. But there are there are things, I think, but most people that don't experience that, they'll go, there, well, there wasn't any trauma, so why would I be insecurely attached? And and yeah. but I had I a think, roof over my head, food yeah, in my food belly. Yeah, my belly, my parents worked hard, they yeah. tried. And they stayed married. Yeah, essentially, and when you look back and go, but there was some element of it where they did not create a safe environment for us, exactly. right? But especially one that was emotionally expressive and emotionally safe. Um, and I think yes. that there's either what you're talking about is a lack of physical affection, but there could also be, a, I could have grown up where, if I grew up where my parents um, did not validate my emotion or allow, like you were saying, allow me to have my own or nurture expression of that, then that was that's also a way where it created something that wasn't fully safe. And so you don't you get into adult relationships and you don't know how to manage that when the emotion is threatened, when sex is rejected, or when sex is asked for. Like we 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 don't know how to manage those complicated and difficult emotions. Yeah, right. A- absolutely. And like I had a patient who came from a really large family, and the only time her mother touched her was when she cut her fingernails. Mm. So it was like a once a month ritual. She was always looking forward to bath time and nail cutting time because that was really, that was it. Yeah. And and that's not what we think of when we think of trauma in childhood, yeah, right? That's right. I had a, but, but it's a, my, it's a little T trauma. That's it's right. A, it's, there are micro 
tears in our relationships, in our families that create patterns inside of us that are often insecure. Yeah, I had a client whose father every time, and this is, I think is a common thing for men, whose father every time he started crying or showed any emotion, he would tell him to buck up. Yeah. You know, yeah. just buck up. Just, you know, that idea of just pulling yourself up and and going on even though you're hurt or you mm-hmm. um, don't feel anything. And, you know, there's a, there is a time for that later on in life, right? We can't sure. always just stop life for when we get hurt. But in childhood, we don't know that and we don't have a way to express that. And so when it's too, it happens too early to us, we just learn to not feel anything and not feel our emotions. And right. And that's when, a our, trauma when our parents are attuned to us mm-hmm. and we hurt ourselves and they say they don't necessarily coddle us, but they hold us, mm-hmm. they comfort us and they say, yeah, I know you were hurt, you know, but it's going to be OK. Mm-hmm. And they're like the bigger, better, safer version. Yeah. They teach us by mm-hmm. by their very essence, their very being, that it, life is okay because we've got somebody who's bigger, better, and safer to depend on. Mm-hmm. Then we take that image, that feeling inside of ourselves, and we have confidence in the world, right? Yeah. I, I, I just, okay, one last point. Nope, we're done. Oh, gosh, you guys, <laughs> this was so great. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. We're talking about attachment theory and why it's important to have secure attachment and that that is developable in therapy and in marriage and in you know committed relationship. Those are two primary places that you can learn to develop secure attachment. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.